So let's take a moment as we uh, hear God's word and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us together today. Pray that whether we hear this word uh, and, and understand it clearly or not, that you would send the Holy Spirit to us as we seek to understand and to know a different time, a different place, and your perspective on the world. Do not let me, your servant, get in the way of your people hearing this word. Let the gospel come to them clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I, I remember quite a few years back having a conversation with a, a number of, of more senior or older individuals, and we were discussing the end and the end of the world and the end of their lives, and we were discussing whether or not they were ready for the end. They said, yeah, I think so. You know, we as older people, we think about these things more. Certainly didn't want to argue with them in the moment. Um, but I, I wondered afterwards, I don't know if that's really true. You know, I was reflecting on the time where my brother-in-law and I were doing a lot of tech work, IT work together, fixing computers, building networks, things like that. And, and we spoke on, I think, a monthly basis about one of us getting hit by the proverbial bus. Um, that's what we call it. You know, what, what happens if you get hit by the proverbial bus, which was our way of saying, what happens if some freak accident happens and you die tomorrow? Will I be able to pick up the work for you? And and keep going on. And I can tell you that our conversations about getting hit by the proverbial bus deeply influenced the decisions that we made as we maintained a computer network. You think about, I mean, what, okay, what could be so hard about it? But we had to constantly say, all right, if you're not here, will I be able to do your task? Will the whole work continue on or will the system break down? That was the constant question that we asked ourselves. And I think going into a global pandemic now has made us all reflect on many of these questions even more. What if my world comes to an end? What if uh, our whole family's world were to come to an end? What if our culture changes rapidly and, ra and, and radically because of who's left behind or who, who is taken away from us? These are big questions that we have uh, been wrestling with. And again, I don't I don't want to scare any of us. It's not fun to talk about the end of things. Uh, at the same point, I don't know if that's all a bad thing to talk about the end. It makes a big difference in how we live the days. And that's what, I, what the biblical writer wants us to see today. That's what the Apostle Paul wants to show us today. Is that I want to, he wants us to believe in the last judgment because it actually brings more meaning and significance to our daily lives. So let's take a look at this teaching here. And the first thing we need to do, we need to clarify what the end is and what the end is not. Uh, it's easy to see from a more popular or cultural perspective what we all think the end is. Uh, take a look at some movies. You know, I, I grew up the big movie um, from my childhood that I remember about the end was Independence Day, little spaceships coming down and everybody getting blown up. All right, they, weren't, they were huge spaceships. You know? um, but we've moved on a lot since then, and yet it, it's amazing how similar they all are. Armageddon, I Am Legend, most recently Wandering Earth, that was a cool one in China that they came out with. And I think we've added more natural disasters, but otherwise the basic premise stays the same. Take any kind of storyline, add some vampires, or add a, add a uh, plague or some kind of great destructive event, and boom, you've got a great end-of-the-world movie for us. You can easily see that we perceive the end as a matter of destruction, 
And we probably pick that up out of very small little verses and phrases in the Bible. Uh, for example, you know, you probably heard as well as I did today that the Apostle Paul says uh, in, in verse 3, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly. So admittedly, for sure, the end will be some amount of destruction. But it's amazing then the effect that has on us I, I think about a conversation I had with somebody, not any of you, and a long time ago, you know, but we were discussing this person's relative who passed away, and we had one quick, short conversation, and then they refused to talk about it ever again. Uh, and it was almost as if, in their mind, the person was destroyed, their life uh, and their whole legacy was gone, and they refused to admit that there was anything left behind there. The whole thing was just over. Right? It was as if destruction had touched this person's life. And, and so Christians have historically said, no, destruction is not a good enough picture of the end. That's hardly the, the totality, the reality of what the biblical picture is of the end. Uh, and, and what Paul really says it is, what Christians have really said it is, is that the end is the day of the Lord. It's the day of the Lord. Paul doesn't call it the night of the Lord. He calls it the day of the Lord. Uh, what day does for us is day makes everything clear. Day, day brings things that were out of focus and fuzzy into uh, clarity. Day lets us see what was actually happening so we can make good choices. Uh, I think of a, an easy just parallel, you know, have you ever been de deeply depressed? Uh, I think if you've been deeply depressed, perhaps because you lost a job, or you lost a spouse, or you went through a divorce, you can connect with this easier. Uh, counselors say at that point we tend to get something that's called brain fog. Our, our brains just fill up with this like foggy mess, and you can kind of perceive reality. Everything is still there. You can see it, but you can't, it doesn't feel real. You can't touch it. You can't taste it. Uh, you, things that you put your fingers on feel different. And that's what the Apostle Paul says you know, we are walking around in this fog. Right? Uh, we are walking around in this misty haze. And, and we feel that. We've got a, a world, we, we live in a time, a life where we've got so much manipulation and deceit and, and lying and murder and theft. Um, and at the end, everything that is dark, everything that is manipulative, everything that is deceptive, everything that is destructive, all of this evil will be brought to light and everything that is good and beautiful and honorable and glorious and wonderful that will be made clear as well I, I think paul shows us that the end is both better and worse than we usually imagine if you think of the end as just some awful destruction um that's that's probably not the way to think of it that that barely begins to touch what the Bible says. And, and I think that oftentimes the Bible is just using that as a picture for us to help us see what's really going to happen at the end. It's going to be much worse than that. And uh, I, th I think of um, the Awa people in the Amazon. They're an interesting illustration of this. There's a group of people, an indigenous people in the Amazon called the Awa. There are 355 of them left. Some of you who have large families have more than 355 left in your clan. 
Um, all that's left of this entire nationality, this entire ethnicity, is 355 people. And they are watching their homeland and their life uh, and their children disappear right before their eyes. There are, there are gunmen, there are loggers, and hostile settlers that are invading their land and taking then uh, children violently from them. One of them said, the land is ours, we live in the forest, and they're going to kill everything. Everything is dying. Now, this is sad. This is quite the, the tragedy. That, think about how then they're perceiving their own end. They're standing there, and they, they can see the end of their ethnicity, the end of their tribe coming, happening right in front of them. Everything is getting destroyed. And, and, and you realize, wow, what a, what a thing to go through. Every minute of their existence, the good and the bad, the, the past and the future, all of it is getting played out right in front of them. All of the evil, all of the, the greatness, it's all happening right in front of them. And that's, that's the, the impact, right, of the end. A judgment on, on all people is, is taking place. And if that's more than you're maybe comfortable with, right away, then I assure you, you're starting to get it. Right? You're starting to see the reality. All, all you have to do is, is look at the cross and you see even more of it. Uh, on the cross, you see a man who was considered by, and, and is considered by basically everybody, whether you believe in him as your Savior and Lord or not, as the finest man who has ever lived. He, Jesus was a great moral teacher. He was compassionate. He was generous. He was always available. He criticized or condemned hypocrisy and self-righteousness, uh, and he showed compassion with forgiveness to the people who needed it. He was an excellent instructor, just perfect in, in every way. I think about a man named uh, Franklin Templeton, who even though he didn't believe in him, when he thought of Jesus, he cried, and he said, I missed him. He was the finest man I ever knew. And still the Bible says, God presented Jesus through his blood as a just sacrifice. So as to be just. The cross is this ultimate act of judgment. It's the place where you see all of humanity on display. You see clearly the lying and the deceit and the manipulation, the self-righteousness, all of the evil. And at the same time, you can see easily the humility the honesty, the integrity, the innocence, the love, the grace, and the mercy. It's all on display there. It's a day of judgment. And yet the only thing that you don't see on the cross is day. The one thing you don't see on the cross is, is light. The Bible even tells us this. Uh, it, it says that from the sixth hour, from noon until the ninth hour, uh, at three o'clock, there was darkness over the land. It was dark. Uh, and, and the Bible says then, it, without a doubt, that this was a day of the Lord. It was the first day of judgment. On that day, declares the Lord, I will make the sun go down. I will make it like morning for an only sun. The cross wasn't just a day of judgment on all of humanity. The cross was a day of judgment on the only Son of God. 
And when you see that Jesus is absorbed into the darkness, then you're going to start to realize that the day of the Lord will only bring you light. When you see that on the cross there, you can leave, there is, there is plenty of darkness for all of the lying and the manipulation and the deceit and the, the, the theft and the murder or whatever else that fills your life with shame. It can all be left there. Any kind of evil, not just our evil, right, but the evil of the whole world can be left there on that cross. It can be left in the darkness so that you and I can walk into the light. And if that gives you some sense of relief, if that gives you some refreshment and some re encouragement, so then you are starting to get ready for the actual last day, for the real end. For on that day, then, there will only be beauty and glory and light to make everything clear. This is why Paul says, here's the thing that we are to do with this message, to be, be awake and sober. Be awake and sober. Right? What Paul means by this is he's, he wants us to avoid mental or spiritual excess. What is, what is the opposite of being sober? Being drunk, isn't it? Uh, it's being drunk. It's, it's saying you take a good thing, alcohol, and you make it into the ultimate thing in your life. And at that moment, the only thing that matters is the next drink or the next bottle or the next trip to the bar. Nothing else matters. Everything else is, is meaningless. It loses its meaning. And if you believe that the end of the world is, is a judgment, that's not going to rip out all of the meaning in your life. That will keep you from hope or despair. That will keep you from excess. And so that everything else has meaning. Everything has meaning. Right? Instead of just one thing having meaning for your life, then everything has meaning. Uh, now, some of you are, are quick and you're going to say to me, well, wait a second, Pastor. Wait a second. I don't, think, I don't think that I need to believe in a final judgment to have a life filled with meaning. And I say, you know, you might be right. That's not a, that's not a, a terrible thought. Um, there was a very popular billboard from about 10 years ago that said, there is no God, so stop worrying and enjoy life. Uh, now, I don't, you know, I don't agree with that, but I can see the point of that. They're trying to say you don't have to have a final judgment to live a life full of meaning. But I think you have to push back on that a little bit and say, is that really true? I recognize that my non-believing friends can enjoy a conversation and a game of cards and a, a, a beer, so to speak, as well as my believing friends. They're just as good at it. But would there even be a good thing like cards and conversation and a drink if there wasn't a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that just loved to be together? Would there even be such a thing? See, this is the thing, right? That God is the giver of meaning and the final judgment says that everything can finally have meaning in our lives. And I'm not the only one saying this. There's a Czech poet named Milovs. I'm trying to, I always try to forget better at pronouncing his name, but it's Milovs. And he watched Nazism and he watched communism destroy his countries. And he said something like, the truly evil opium of these lives is 
a belief in nothingness after death. That the betrayals and the greed and the cowardice and the lying and the manipulation are not going to be judged. Instead, he says, it's the doctrine of judgment that undergirds a life of love and peacemaking. So let's be sober and awake for the, the idea of a judgment at the end of the world makes the whole middle of our lives full of meaning. Huh? Let's pray for this. Dear God, we oftentimes um, we indulge our, ourselves. Uh, we, we, we live with excess in various things and we find that then maybe certain areas of our life have lost meaning. And you're revealing to us today that that's what's happening there is that we've actually started to forget. We've, we've stopped taking into account that there will be a judgment at the end of all things. When we see clearly that at the end everything will be judged, then we'll find meaning in all of the good things of life. We'll rejoice in all of those good things. And so we pray that you would let us be aware of that judgment and be awake and sober for each day now of our lives. Then we let us make good choices to enjoy all of the meaningful activities that you have put right in front of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.